We live on a placid island of ignorance. I'm Arthur O'Higgins, Arctic Explorer. You've probably heard of me. In the midst of black seas of infinity. Do you feel the call to adventure? Be quite frank, sir. I... My preference is to remain in my laboratory. You're about to flee to Antarctica. You don't want to end up like your buddy on the floor over there. You're going to answer some questions. And it was not meant that we should voyage far. Oh, boy! <laughs> The 1930 Miskatonic Antarctic Expedition concluded in disgrace and tragedy. Bear witness as the Starkweather-Moore Expedition sheds light on the unsound minds of the past and the terror that awaits at the cold wastes in Chaosium's epic campaign. Guys, we just murdered someone. They could be working for Lexington. Quite frankly, this is all quite exciting. It's like a Christie novel. Welcome to Beyond the Mountains of Madness. Uh, who wants to update, especially... Daisy and Evelyn, although I did give Evelyn some some idea of what happened. But yeah, what happened two sessions or two weeks ago? Oh, well, uh, Daisy has been, hasn't been here for a while, right? Uh, what yeah. was the last thing that you remember, uh, Daisy? Um, I believe I missed two sessions. Um, I think the last thing I remember is actually from the session before the one I left from, but the last thing I remember is going in and getting the, like, fighting the people. The Oh, the, yeah. The, the German guy or whatever he was. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's well, a while. Following, following that line of business, uh, uh, we we found uh, the German, right? Uh, the, I mean, the responsible for the uh, for the attack. Actually, that was Hubert and uh, Eugene, and they were on the docks next to the German boat. But they got away, and luckily, some of the information that they had on the bag that he had on the bag actually fell. Right? Right, right Hubert. Uh, yep. So we have some leads here. That that was the ah yeah the uncensored uh, report on the last journey on the last uh, expedition. Is that correct? Yes, the dire report. Okay, we didn't find any saboteurs yet, but there wasn't been uh, there was a fire, but we found that the 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 person that actually made the fire. And I was kind of lost there. So we had a we had a lead there. We were supposed to meet with the person that paid uh, the the guy that actually tried to set on well, actually that set on fire the the dogs. But when we met the guy, which I was undercover, by the way, <laughs> it was a hilarious, I guess. Uh, it was this was with Arthur and with uh, um, Doctor Hubert. No. Uh, sorry, Doctor Finn. No. Uh, ah, okay, with Finn. Edwin. Sorry, Edwin. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> sorry about that. So actually, uh, that went to a very strange lead. That actually, there was like the mafia, like the mob, city gangsters, that were behind that, and that at that point everything became so confusing that I didn't know where to go. Uh, so if somebody, what about you, Arthur? What do you remember about that? Yeah, I think it was their anarchists, not necessarily oh. gangsters. Really? Um, 
Well, they were trying to buy weapons, I think, from the gangsters. Did I get that right? Or which way? Right. So somehow we stepped in between, got in between them. I don't know what that had to do with burning down the dock next to our ship, unless it was just completely no, random. I think, I think that we were given a, a bad lead about who paid him. Or the other option. I think it was, was it Tony's Flowers, the flower shop? Right, and, yeah. Uh, I think they might it might have been used to set up or get somebody to do the firebombing, but it, it might Could have I... through, like, the mob. Yeah. Could I give a quick summary of what... Daisy missed in the last sessions before that, and then yeah. we update on last session. Yeah, yeah. And, and do you let me know if you need any support with that? Yeah, that's okay. Gotcha. Um, so after you left, um, the dire report was rolled down the river. Basically, we kind of assumed that it was the unredacted dire report, so that's kind of what we were looking for. Um, next day, Eugene went to Mass, trying to meet some people. He met our new captain, Captain Reddingberg. Um, we, sorry, I'm skimming through my notes. We got on the ship, too. We got our assignments and rooms on the ship, so we have moved officially to the ship. We have, um, the map is in Roll 20, if you want to check that out. We have assigned rooms and all that stuff. Um, we've spent some time checking out the boat. Um, uh, myself, Evelyn, Tony, and Huber actually met with the detective with Starkweather. Um, and uh, we talked to him about uh, some sneaky business going on. We didn't mention that we murdered a man, but we did mention that there was some German connection and that we were getting threats from people that we didn't know about. Uh, I, I said, Arthur meets the dog boys. So Arthur got to bond with the, the, the uh, sled dogs. Um, and then the big thing that happened was that uh, after the funeral, we had the funeral for our late captain. And then we head back to the uh, ship later on, basically, and the entire, uh, what's it called, Kyle? The outside? Warehouse? The, like, Warehouse, yes. I was going to say garage, but that doesn't really help. Um, <laughs> the, the warehouse full of like a bunch of our fuel and like a bunch of stuff was completely set on fire. Um, oh, no. Yeah, it was a messy situation. Um, we luckily were able to put it out, not without some damage. Um, what's her face? The annoying girl that keeps trying to outrun us. Um, what's her name? Acacia Lexington. She Acacia, yes. I knew it was something pretentious. Acacia <laughs> Acacia um, went to, uh, she left. So we were watching our warehouse burn down and we saw her ship take off. So she's already out there. We got set back a couple days because it was on fire. We caught the guy um, that was there and we kind of like interrogated him and we're like, who do you work for? And he didn't really have much information for us. And then last session happened, correct? Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Okay. He was some kind of a bum, smelt, smelt of alcohol and <laughs> Patsy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Cool. There's, there's some much greater uh -oh. rogue that has entered the field. <laughs> Sorry about that. I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, I, by the way, by the way, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, can uh, can you erase that? 
Yeah. Hey, uh, this is this is this is great. You know, I mean, the saboteurs. We don't know who the saboteurs are. We know that the arsonists, and now we can link uh, the anarchists to the arsonists, maybe, just oh, to remember. Them. True. We've got yes, yeah. I think that pretty much sums up everything you missed. The big, the big moment, uh, the big standalone moment was the fire that you were involved in, Daisy. Daisy, um was a significant help in putting out the fire, managing the uh, um, the cranes that were using um, uh, that they were using to transport the gasoline, and you helped kind of stop those from from catching any farther a fire. Oh, I gotcha. So you got some some street cred there, as far as the ship is concerned. Um, oh yeah, it was the best thing you did, Daisy, and you were an NPC. <laughs> yeah, pretty much for that moment. Oh, oh. But, I think uh, taking apart that doorknob was pretty cool. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, that was great too. You've had you've had your moments. Don't worry. You guys all would have had a lot more moments if not for I know Arthur uh, shooting, uh, uh, one shotting that guy. So I'll, I'll never live that down. Oh, we. Oh, you need to send Daisy the uh, the theme. Wait, yeah. don't don't we leave, don't we believe that the anarchists are linked to the arsonists here? Right. Sorry. Yes. Yes, that is correct. Oh, I'm sorry. I got overzealous. My thread color you know, is wrong. I I prepared an entire bottle of water for this game, and I'm down to the last third of it, and we haven't <laughs> started playing yet. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Hydrated. Hydration nation. Drink more water. Nothing wrong with that. Unless you're me and you drink too much water, then drink less water. <laughs> I mean, I think drink, you, drinking too much water is drowning. I yeah. It's okay. Like, I have a very dry mouth. Well, you so, also so have. My body doesn't need it, my mouth does. <laughs> Alan. You, uh, you've also put some legwork into investigating the Germans. You've learned a little bit more about the German expedition, Barsmeyer Falcon, that's also set out uh, to the to the ice that are apparently going to be there around the same time, but not necessarily in the same area as you. The um, gotcha. kid, the kidnappers that you guys stopped uh, with help of bullets, they were also German. And some significance has been pointed to that. You are on the uh, the expedition was moved forward to uh, the departure day was moved forward to the eleventh, which is two days. Well, it's really a day and a half from now. Isn't it September eleventh? It is September eleventh. Oh, Clinton. In, yeah, in sixty eight years, it's that's this will be a bad day. <laughs> yeah. But what an exciting day it is today for <laughs> for us now. We don't know that. Um. You, we've left off at around 4 p.m. Um, at directly after the events of Eugene and Hubert getting those two pages, which we haven't looked at yet. Um, the Central Park Three, Arthur, Tony, Edwin are they've just got off the phone with uh, Detective Hansen and are kind of deciding what to do. Um, I, Evelyn, you got caught up because you did kill somebody or uh, shoot somebody in the leg. Uh, last night. 
you know, I'm not going to be surprised if we end up getting held back because there's like some sort of weird police business or something. You've oh, caused yeah. enough trouble uh, that there's a concern. Thankfully, they don't know about the warehouse incident. Or at least they don't have anything to pin you there. That would uh, be weird. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, and and I think, Daisy, I think we've caused so much trouble. They'll be happy we're out of news. <laughs> right, Hanson wants you gone. Um. So uh, yeah, we we have some time before we uh, get too into it. Let's take a moment and roll. Everybody should do some luck roll that you did not get to do last time. Uh, so that's just basically roll your luck and try to get over it. Let me check my sheet for what I checked off as being. Oh yeah, you should do the successes on the last time I played. Yeah, and you should have an improvement check. Nice. Yes, a D10. Ah, there's my sheet. I'll take two. Nice. Okay, that was Brawl, Mechanical Repair, Spot Hidden, and Intimidate. Gotcha. Those are all the checked things? Yes. Oh, and Psychology. Nice. Funnily enough. <laughs> oh, are we doing actual, like, all skill checks, or just luck? Um, just luck for now. Daisy, I'm going to give a skill check here now because uh, she missed the last one. Ah, copy, copy. Me, you guys are due for a skill luck. check. Sorry, say that again? I said let me give you that luck real quick, too. Yep. Under. It looks high, though. You don't need too much. No, I don't. How do I how do I do the improvement rolls again? Um, just try to, to make a roll uh, to try to roll over it. Okay. Oh, I rolled over it with the first one. Not the second one. I didn't mean to click the second one. Um, am I internet show up or am I here? Okay. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, go, just roll them all and then we'll roll roll the extra dice at the end. So you've got the psychology. Oh, man. Is that, is that all of them? Now it's all of them. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, okay, so, okay, so the psychology was the only one that I rolled over. Yes. Uh, so for that, you're going to just roll a uh, d6 to see if you improve. Or not to see if you improve, but to see how much you improve by. So you that your that score goes up by four. Cool. 
All right. Thank you for doing that. Man, you rolled a lot of successes. Some extreme successes, some hard successes. Um, I'm I'm weirdly lucky with this game. Like, yeah. Hey, hey people will be happy right. to have that around. We need it. Yeah. The first order of business, I feel bad giving it out because Eugene isn't here, but it's information that you have, Hubert. Um, at the docs, you have those two pages. Let's take a look at that. Uh, oh, I'm so excited. Please read it to out. the class. Yeah, it's long, but I feel like it's... So you are looking at this, Hubert, um, and you, like I said last time, you immediately recognize this as a full-on copy of the uh, of the Dyer Report. The only difference is these are two pages that are not redacted where they were before. Okay. So it kind of starts in the middle here. Would not be too much for one of the huge planes built to our special orders for heavy machinery transportation. At intervals, I still tried to reach Lake with the wireless, but all to no purpose. Sherman, with the sailors Gunnarsson and Larson, took off at 7.30 and reported a quiet flight from several points on the wing. They arrived at our base at midnight, and all hands at once discussed the next move. It was risky business sailing over the Antarctic in a single aeroplane without any line of bases, but no one drew back from what seemed like the, plain, the plainest necessity. We turned in at 2 o'clock for a brief rest after some preliminary loading of the plane, but we're up again in four hours to finish the loading and packing. At 7.15 a.m., January 25th, we started flying northwestward under McTighe's pilotage with ten men, seven dogs, a sledge, a fuel and food supply, and other items, uh, including the plane's wireless outfit. The atmosphere was clear, fairly quiet, and relatively mild in temperature, and we anticipated very little trouble in reaching the latitude and longitude designated by Lake as the site of his camp. Our apprehensions were over what we might find, or fail to find, at the end of our journey, for silence continued to answer all calls dispatched to the camp. Every incident of that four-and-a-half-hour flight is burned into my recollection because of its crucial position in my life. It marked my loss, at the age of 54, of all that peace and balance with which the normal mind possesses through its uh, accustomed, I'm sorry, through its accustomed conception of external nature and nature's laws. Thenceforward, the ten of us, but the student Danforth and, my, Danforth and myself above all others, were to face a hideously amplified world of lurking horrors which nothing can erase from our emotions, and which we would refrain from sharing with mankind in general if we could. Newspapers have printed the bulletins we sent from the moving plane, telling of our non-stop course, our two ba battles with treacherous upper air gales, our glimpse of the broken surface where Lake had sunk his mid-journey shaft three days before, and our sight of a group of those strange fluffy snow cylinders noted by Amundsen and Bird as rolling in the wind across the endless leagues of frozen plateau. There came a point, though, when our sensations could not be conveyed in any words the press would understand, and a latter point when we had to adopt an act of strict censorship. Uh, is that the only 
And um, top left, there should be a next page button. Yeah, I see it. Sorry, it, it wasn't scrolling was the thing. Yeah. Uh, the sailor Larson was first to spy the jagged line of witch-like cones and pinnacles ahead, and his shouts sent everyone to the windows of the great cabined plane. Despite our speed, we were very slow in gaining prominence, hence we knew that they must be infinitely far off and visible only because of their abnormal height. Little by little, however, they rose grimly into the western sky, allowing us to distinguish various bare, bleak, blackish summits, and to catch the curious sense of fantasy which they inspired as seen in the reddish Antarctic light against the provocative background of iridescent ice dust clouds. In the whole spectacle, there was a persistent, pervasive hint of stupendous secrecy and potential revelation. It was as if these stark, Nightmare spires marked the pylons of a frightful gateway into forbidden spheres of dream, and complex gulfs of remote time, space, and ultra-dimensionality. I could not help feeling that they were evil things, mountains of madness whose farther slopes looked out over some accursed ultimate abyss. That seething, half-luminous cloud background held ineffable suggestions of a vague, ethereal beyondness far more than terrestrially spatial and gave appalling reminders of the utter remoteness separateness desolation and eon long death of this untrodden and unfathomed uh, sorry austral world that was a lot of words there uh it was young danforth who drew our notice to the curious regularities of the higher mountain skyline regularities like clinging fragments of perfect cubes which Lake had mentioned in his messages, and which indeed justified his comparison with the dreamlike suggestions of primordial temple ruins on cloudy Asian mountaintops so subtly and strangely painted by Rorik. There was indeed something hauntingly Rorik-like about this whole unearthly continent of mountainous mystery. I had felt it in October when we first caught sight of Victoria Land, and I felt it afresh now. I felt, too, another wave of uneasy consciousness of Archaean, um, mythic, sorry, of Archaean mythical resemblances, of how disturbingly this lethal realm corresponded to the evilly flamed plateau of Lang in the primal writings. Uh, mythologists have placed Lang in Central Asia, but the racial memory of man or of his predecessors is long and it may well be that certain tales have come down from lands and mountains and temples of horror earlier in Asia and earlier than any human world we know. Few daring mystics have hinted at a pre... Uh, ooh, that's a word that's hard to say. I go for say. Pleistocene, but... Yeah, pre-Pleistocene, uh, thank you. Origin for the fragmentary Nakotic uh, uh, manuscripts and have suggested that the de devotees of Sathagwa were as alien to mankind as Sathagwa itself. At the moment, I felt sorry that I had ever talked so much with the, that unpleasantly erudite folklorist Wilmarth at the university. Okay. Big breath. Good job, Thank you Hubert. for reading that. Thank you. Good lord. That was <laughs> long. Uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and at hearing uh, Wilmart's name, Eugene will perk up because he uh, does actually know Professor Wilmart, uh, and he'll probably try to spend some time this afternoon or tomorrow morning getting in contact with him. 
Well, that's okay. Sorry. <laughs> I don't like that, that that article one bit. No, that was yeah. Some key words showed up in there. Uh, I noticed some uh, mythosy stuff <laughs> that was mm-hmm. bad. Um. Yeah, I. I don't know what Hubert would do with this. I, I don't think he would. I don't know if he would show this to anyone. Yeah, That's you and Eugene have it, so it's. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I I would let Eugene do what he wants with it, but I think Hubert kind of views this as the. As the like the ramblings of of uh, a shell shocked person. Yeah. I, I didn't miss much with like the last 15 seconds of that article. Uh, n- no, not particularly. You did mention a reference, you did miss a reference to Sathagwa, uh, which is probably going to wind up being important. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, gotcha. My, my computer doesn't like being unplugged. It has stopped warning me when it comes unplugged. <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, yeah I don't think Hubert would necessarily get try to get too involved in this. I think he's rattled by it, but I think he also views this as kind of the ramblings of someone who obviously went through something very traumatic. Yeah. That's great, Mark, and uh, it's perfect roleplay. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Makes sense to me. You're not showing the uh, group of ten kids that are still somewhere in the warehouse? You're not like, hey guys, come with uh, Hey guys! <laughs> That's hey, messed up. Hey, hey Jimmy, or whatever the hell your name was. <laughs> Let not me tell Jimmy. you a story. <laughs> um, wonderful. Well, you and Eugene can can do that with that what you wish. You, we will find out what Eugene wants to do with it in the future. Um, probably just quietly hold on to it for now is the move. Um, we are at a point when uh, Arthur, Tony, and Doctor Thorne. Do you, do you three know what you'd like to do next? We were mistaken. Uh... Yeah, we were. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, you're just you last. You decided you're staking out the florist. You're hanging out outside. Um, but I'm not sure how how long into the day you're going to do that. I guess we would uh, just stay and, and see, just just see if we if we, if we saw anything. We, 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 did we have Evelyn with us? It's uncle. You could if you want. If Evelyn wanted to be there, yeah, sure. I mean, it was either Evelyn or one of the ladies because I think like one idea was that. Particular that I had planned. So. Yeah. I think one idea was that we would just go in and buy flowers and. Uh, going in with a with a woman would would be more reasonable. But I don't know how much do we want to invest time in this anarchist business? Uh, do we care that much, or do we just want to get out of town? Can I get a little bit more? A little more. I'm what? a bit confused. Explanation on the anarchist. Yeah. So, okay, go ahead. Yeah, you can go for it, Doctor Thorne. Oh, so. So when we when we were trying to capture the person who had hired, or presumably had hired, 
the the pyromancer, mm-hmm. the pyro, the guy who tried to burn down our ship. Arsonist. He sent us to Central Park to meet the arsonist. He sent us to Central Park to try to 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 meet with this person at a specific time. Instead, who arrived there was, I believe, a I think it was from the was it was the guy from the mob or was he was he representing the mob or like was he was he the anarchist? I think he was one of the mobsters, and he he came expecting I think to buy weapons. So he came in with a suitcase, presumably with a lot of money. Much more than, you know, we ex- we expected to, the guy to be paid, and then we mm-hmm. shadowed him. We heard we listened in on a, on a um, phone call that he called in. That it was a, I believe he called into Tony's flowers because of a brilliant smooth talk to the operator. By I think it was Tony. Yeah. Uh, and, and the operator basically then reconnected to, and then I think the person answered was Tony's flowers. Gotcha. And, uh, so I, I believe we we deduced that it's it's a front for the mob. The anarchists wanted to sell guns to the mob, uh, and probably the guy who was uh, who was the arsonist was associated with the mob because he knew where the the thing was going to happen, uh, or he was I don't know maybe he might be one of the anarchists, but likely what happened was that. Either the anarchist or the mob were hired to do the arson, and our only leap towards that right now is we, is this Tony's Flowers shop. Okay. But the question is, do we want to do we want to pursue that lead? I think we're supposed to oh. sail tomorrow, or is it is it now been pushed because we need to secure more fuel and? Oh, oh and one one more thing, we called the detective regarding this uh, lead on the anarchist, and he said that. We wouldn't want to uh, mess with this kind of people, right, uh, Kyle? Yeah, I like, think he said, like, stay out of it. Which yeah, I he think. thanked you for the information, and he said, like, you guys have done enough in this city, is basically the sentiment. Was there anything else, like, any other lead? Like, did the police say anything about the... What happened after? After that... After the phone call, um, or after the arson? After the arson. Um, you would have been questioned, Evelyn. They were questioning you about what you saw, why you shot your gun, also where you got your gun from. Uh, a whole handful of questions. But the the sense that you get is that um, they um, they didn't bring up any names of any organizations. Uh, they asked you if this Polk guy was on the crew, if he was seen hanging around the docks. Their investigation when they talked to you was was focused just around this one guy. I don't know. Personally, I don't know if Lynn would be that intrigued in working with the mob. <laughs> or, like, figuring stuff out about the mob. I mean... But, I don't, it, do you feel... Oh, like, do we think this is productive? If you want to know what your other options would be, and then make a decision, yeah. do you just... Yeah, because I just don't really know where else to go, but I don't yeah. think Evelyn would do... Does everybody? How does everybody feel? We can make some group idea rolls, and you can sort of line up what 
what you think is most urgent? Is that interesting to people? Yeah, that's great. They see what. Yeah, wants to I have something. no idea. Yeah. Maybe like worst case scenario, one of us goes into the with another, and then we split up and do you know another. Yeah. Yeah, so you do have, um, to answer the question before, you're leaving on the 11th. Today is the 9th, but it's late in the day, and you're leaving early in the day on the 11th. So you're shaping up to be tomorrow being the last full day of, of work to, to put in, um, or relaxation to put in, or whatever else you want to do. So, Assuming can, no more arson. Of course. Yeah. But there would not be any more arson. What? <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Um, why doesn't every single person make a, a single idea roll and we'll count up the number of successes that you got. just whether it succeeds or or is a hard success okay let's two idea is yeah just intelligence, just intelligence. Yeah. oh do you want one from all of us yes sorry Evelyn crushing it hell yeah that is a success. Wow. Nice. Um, yeah, you guys get plenty of information. I I forget that your 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 intelligence scores are pretty much all as high as they could be. Feasibly. Yeah, we're all we're all geniuses. <laughs> yeah, we're all sci- we're all scientific types going on a scientific expo- exp- exposition. And we're being exactly. expedition. <laughs> They didn't so, hire us because of our good looks. Right. <laughs> Except for me. Um, so with, you know, yeah, I get, like, uh, like Evelyn said, being sensitive to time, splitting up is an opportunity, joining all together is always a choice. I mean, it's really up to you guys. But here are five things you can think of being interested in doing. So there's still, I mean, you have the uh, two pages of the report, but there are still plenty of question marks about the Miskatonic expedition, obviously. I'm sure that's what's on everybody's, the front of everybody's mind pretty much all the time whenever they're thinking about the big questions that they have, um, even if it's not just you guys, but other people on the expedition. The Miskatonic University information is not... I mean, some of it's a locked box, some of it's not. There are people that knew people on that expedition. You have more on the boat with you at any given time who was supposedly friends with all of them, including with Dyer. Um, they might know more. They might be able, you might have other contacts at the university you could look out for. There's, uh, there's some whisperings of what captain douglas you heard from his brother thought the thought uh what he thought happened which was a one of the expeditioners got violent and attacked people and then left um you could try to confirm that story with miskatonic contacts so anything miskatonic related is an opportunity that's pretty obvious um you also have the opportunity to look into danforth in particular you know that he was in the Arkham Sanitarium for a while. Um, it's very likely that Evelyn, maybe Hubert and Edwin have um, contacts in Arkham, maybe even at the Sanitarium for Evelyn. 
Um, you could look into that, at least by phone call for, for today, since you're not making a day trip to Arkham, I wouldn't think. You could, as a new thing, look up any... Uh, not just look up, but actually talk to journalists in the city. There might be a bit of a quid pro quo that's required, but they they know pl- probably more about Acacia Lexington, the Lexington family, uh, possibly about the Miskatonic expedition than than any one of you just because they've been in the city and different journalists have been reporting on this stuff for years at this point, especially with the Lexington family. Uh, And then finally, speaking of, um, the Lexington father, PJ Lexington, Percival Lexington, that died, uh, he was somewhat... um, He died, and there was speculation that it was as a result of the purchase of that manuscript of Edgar Allan Poe's uh, narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket. Um, that book is available to read if somebody wants to have that with them on the expedition. Information about the sale of that document with that the father had purchased and then seemingly was stolen. Um, you could look into that, look into the man, look into the family. That is what you guys can get with five success rolls there. I want to go to the sanitarium. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> that sounds fun. Or at least contact. See what I can get. Yep. Yeah, I don't believe my character will pursue any of those leads, so I'll either be available for somebody that might use my help, or I just help organize the vessel, any of those two. Gotcha. Yeah, Arthur's the same thing. I'll go along with somebody if somebody wants to do something, but I, there's nothing there. I think the Danforth leaves is the best, but I can't really help with that one. Understood. I agree with that. Uh, you know, I could probably call up Miskatonic, but I think, yeah, probably a, a actual visit to the sanitarium might make sense. All right. Cool. Um, what? Uh, you are planning to call the sanitarium, Evelyn, or... Yeah, I mean, I would call first and be like, hey, have anyone from the Miskatonic expedition, wink, wink, you know, and see what from there. And then if I'm allowed to visit or something like that, I do. Sounds good. You, uh, can you make an education rule for me, Evelyn? No. All right. <laughs> Game over. That's the end. Wow, that's close. Oof. Jeez. You uh, don't know the chief of staff at Arkham Sanitarium. You. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and uh, you and at least one other person on this expedition do know the chief of staff's assistant. Um, he is a cool. uh, a Doctor Kimball. Okay. He's a Doctor cool. Thomas Kimball. Okay. <laughs> that that's familiar. Cool. Awesome. So I'll give him a call. Anybody you're bringing in with this call? Um. I mean, I mean you're you right yeah. now. You're with Tony, uh, Edwin, and Arthur. Yeah, I mean, whoever wants to. I feel like Edwin would be. A... Just considering. Humble um... household. Yes, exactly. We'll call that. Um... Uh, Kyle, Kyle, I also thought maybe I don't know if it would would make sense. Is it possible to call Franklin? But he's out. He's of the Boston underground, uh, like underground. Would he know anything going on in New York? Oh, that is a good question. I wish I had his character. Yeah, I have no idea. There are some characters that Doctor Thorne and Evelyn know that their characters know from a previous game. They're looking to lean on here. Um, like he might he might be able to make an introduction to somebody in New York oh yeah could be used Mm. uh, Franklin is uh, was actually a Detroit man oh Detroit sorry not Boston Um. but similarly they probably know people who know people who rob people so they probably (laughs) yeah he, he likely has some kind of a Connect network that could could like at least make an introduction. Sure. Um, so first, let's go for the call to uh, to Tommy, to Thomas, uh, Evelyn. Cool. You you absolutely have his number. You would have probably helped him get the job. Mm-hmm. Um, so calling him up, he'll say, "Evelyn, it's so good to talk to you." Thomas, it's What's so good that? to talk to you too. Um. Well, a lot. <laughs> did I did I happen to mention to you the last time we talked? I'm going to Antarctica. No. <laughs> the, Sorry. The, yeah. The continent. Um, the South Pole. Yeah, yeah. The continent. Um, it's an expedition. I was invited on my dad. You know how he is. He presentations. Here I am. Yay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but just to help, have you heard of the previous miscontent down there? Absolutely. I, yeah, I've had to get familiar with all sorts of local going on since I moved back. Yeah. And that makes sense. Uh, we work closely I, uh, with the university. That's great. Wow. That's great. I'm so proud of you. Um, so I am a bit nervous. I'm going to be honest. Um, things have kind of gone haywire. This is completely off. Please, we can't talk. Uh, um, Morgan, if you go to your audio yeah. settings and reduce the amount of go to your voice and video 
it's cut uh, off for sorry. the first couple like s- noises that your sentences make. Cool. If you, if you lower the um, determine input sensitivity. I did. Yeah. Is that better? Sounds great. Cool. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, no, that's okay. Um, I'm just going to kind of give him a rundown of everything I learned and how our, our captain that I was able to meet um, was murdered. Um, and we're getting these threats about the previous Nusitanic expedition, and we know nothing about what happened. But I heard from our late captain's brother, who was on that trip, that someone went mad, basically, and got really aggressive and um, hurt some people. And so, for research purposes, I just want to know what went on so we can keep people safe this time and be sure we know what happened there. Um, Do you know anyone at Arkham that that, had a Maybe in the sanitarium that was on the trip or was related to the trip at all. I figured they would go there. Well, yes. One of Arkham's few escapees was was a surviving member of the Miskatonic um, expedition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, would I be able to come in and, and speak with the man? Uh, he's escaped. He's not, uh... Oh, he's escaped? Yeah, it... was really a point of embarrassment for the sanitarium. Oh, lord. Okay. When was this? When did he escape? Um, give me a second. He's looking through... It sounds like he's flipping through some pages on the line. Um... September 2nd, 1932. What year is it, Kyle? Uh, it's 1933. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Exactly a year ago. Yeah. A year and a week. Yeah. Good lord. Okay. Um, do you Make have Make an any... intelligence real quick again, Evelyn. Sorry. Maybe okay. you'll know okay. this. Um... Nice. Nice. If you push four points, that's a hard success. If you luck, if you luck four points. Sure, I'll do that. Um, I really want to know. <laughs> I want to get the most information. September second is a significant date because that's the date that uh, the Miskatonic University expedition departed. So oh. he escaped on the two-year anniversary of the. Miskatonic Expedition's departure. Okay. Question. When yes. was this new expedition announced? This expedition? It's um, a good question. It was trickled more than announced. It, it was, they initially, um, Starkweather and Moore, both were looking for funding um, from Miskatonic. It in, it would have been right at the end of, uh, 1932, right around that time, and then it would have been publicly announced for the first time within 1933. But musings of them wanting to go were were, were all throughout the last like four months, five months of 1932. If that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, what we're going after is could they have escaped because they heard there's a new expedition heading? The timing yeah. makes it possible. 
but do I they still um, have all the paperwork for this person. Yeah, we. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. <laughs> we, yeah. we keep the, we keep all of our records, um, for patient forms like that, admission forms and intake and stuff. I don't know, Evelyn. It's something. Kind of chief of staff has a copy, and then the sealed patient records. I. But you said it's for your safety. Yeah, like Thomas, I really, I really need this. Yeah, you really could have visited more often. <laughs> I know, I know. You know how life gets. Mm. Can you make me a, per, a persuade or a charm? Actually, is probably better for you. Yeah, the charm is much better for me. Ah, oh, can I push it? <laughs> no, it's a ninety-nine. I can't push a ninety-nine. Damn it! I can give you. I can answer questions. I I just can't give you blanket information. That's that's fine. I get it. Um, so, I want to ask, like, what? And if I'm on the call, can I also chime in? Yeah. Absolutely. I think so. And he'll say, I think, uh, like, Dr. Thorne? Oh, yeah, so I'm, I'm working with Evelyn on this matter. Um, oh, without me. The, uh, we miss we're you. Heading, uh, as mentioned, we're, we're, not, we're about to head to, to our great expedition. But we're quite quite concerned as there has been uh, a number of sabotage attempts, and we hope this information might help us catch whoever is trying to cause harm to our expedition. Okay, I understand. Can I persuade or? Yeah, go for it. Hmm. Wonder if I could push push that. You could push it. Um. Right now, he's willing to give you some information. To succeed might mean you get a lot more. To fail might mean you get less. If you push it. Uh, I'll push it. Oh, do I just roll it again? Yep. Wow. With some luck? Can I use luck? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Well done. Um... All right, he's ready to pretty much regurgitate the information to you. Um, he'll say, uh, "Get me to just read this to you." Is that, is that what's uh, helpful? I mean, I that would be very helpful. Like, ideally, we're we're scheduled to depart in two days. Ideally, if it would be possible to get a courier, like a copy sent by a courier, Miskatonic uh, to New York. I don't know if if such is uh, possible in such a short period of time, but we could exist. come up too. Making copies. <laughs> Just anything. Or at least we could come and have a look at the paper. And we have we have planes on the board, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, they are in pieces, <laughs> but. Okay. Um, well, all right. Well, maybe up, we can Kyle. just take the. It's we can fine. take the train, or just or Starkweather can send us with his brother. Um, you can. He'll tell you that he will do you a favor and have it sent over. Um, he'll overnight it, and he'd expect it to come tomorrow afternoon, but that. You need to. Um, this never happened. <laughs> Understood. What, what? What didn't? Thank you. 
I hope you're both safe. Please feel free to send uh, send me a wire if there's anything more I can do for you on the journey. Uh, if 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 this person does manage, does get captured, I believe we are first stopping over in Australia. I think that there's possibly a way for you to get get word to the boat if you. Oh, absolutely, by, uh, Mr. Starkweather's office. Like he'll uh, they'll probably get a word to us if you keep us appraised of any updates on this situation. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And we're sure, we're we're sure to send you postcards. Oh yeah, <laughs> you'll and get one. Once, once and one and once we return, we need to get together for a, for a drink. Yeah, a drink. <laughs> I'm gonna need it after this. Yeah, and hey, if you uh, if either of you need a place to stay after the Miskatonic er, after the uh, Starkweather Moor expedition's over, we've got plenty of rooms in Miskatonic. <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, no, in Arkham. In, in Arkham. Oh, nice. Very <laughs> funny. You get uh, it? Very uh, funny. Just... Yeah, thanks. That's a good one. Yeah. Classic Kimball. Not using my fears at all. Thank you, Thomas. Well, good it's good, good to talk to you both. Good to talk good to you, too. All right. So that'll be coming tomorrow. Well done. There will be uh, three things that are going to come. The inpatient form, the inc- an incident report form of an incident that happened uh, sort of leading up to his escape, and then the discharge form that outlines his escape. Do we have any idea what this guy looks like? Would we be able to recognize him if he was on our crew? Um, excuse me, you don't yet know, but you could find out. That's what I want to do. I want to find out. Sure. Look for newspaper articles or whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The library might have old photos of the group photos of Miskatonic. Dr. Moore might have something. Absolutely. Ask around. Yeah, I'll I'll start with Dr. Moore, then go to the library. See if I can find some news clippings. Um, Dr. Moore is on the boat, as is Daisy right now. Um, And uh, Tony and... Hubert, are you heading to the boat, or you have another destination in mind after the events of today? I I will go to the boat. I mean, my character uh, does would not feel inclined to follow any of those leads, even yep. though I know that they could be. But no. Understood. Yeah, I think similarly. I I have plans to head to the boat. I think after reading that, I wouldn't really want to take any part in any more yeah. <laughs> running around town. <laughs> um, Daisy. Yes. On the boat, uh, at some point in, in the afternoon, uh, somebody will come find you. You okay. mostly hang out in the uh, rear of the boat here. Is you are you have been roomed uh, with the rest of the engineering staff. So you're if you look, find boat deck one, you're all the way aft, all the way to the left. Uh, you've got your own solo room solo there. Room there. Gotcha. Uh, at some point, somebody is going to come find you. Uh, he will introduce himself as the radio operator for your uh, for your journey. The 
for your ship. His name is Robert uh, McIlvain. He'll say, uh, Oh, I was told to deliver this to one of, uh, you're one of the people. Uh, can you, can I hand this off to you? Absolutely. Do you know what it is? Yeah, or... somebody's asking, yeah, somebody's asking for you. Ah. Ooh. It's, uh, uh, there's some echo coming from your end, Daisy, unfortunately. I was holding down the button. I see. Um, he says, uh, I don't know, some hotel, and he hands you a little note. There is a, um, message that, uh, it says, Dear friend, I would like very much to speak with you, or to you, at your earliest convenience regarding your voyage to the south. I shall be en suite this evening and all day tomorrow, should you find it possible to call or visit. Yours sincerely, Nicholas Rorick, Suite 410. That is the man that you rescued from the kidnapping. Well, we're going to have to give Mr. Roran a visit. I'll let the others know. Who all was there, that initial, uh, who all there was there to save Rorick? Rorick, not Roran. <laughs> yeah. I believe I was there. I know Evelyn was there. Yep. Hubert uh, was. Yes, I was there as well. Yeah. Arthur was. Nice. <laughs> I, I think we remember that Arthur was there. We all know Arthur was there, okay? <laughs> nice. So that uh, is, an, is another opportunity um, for you to, to deal with given the choice thank you McIlvain are you going to immediately jump on that opportunity or what are you thinking after hearing that uh, Hubert um, oh, I'd probably be waiting for other folks to get back alright because I know that Daisy isn't the most I think Daisy knows that she is the, mo the best to the top people of West. She's intimidating them. Yeah. Makes sense. Arthur or Hubert, are you interested or I'm following that up? Yeah, but I think I would. I would be. I'm right now looking to try to find a picture of Danforth. I'm concerned he's on our boat. Yeah, as a crew member. Uh, yes, I am also interested in in following that up. Understood. So, at, presumably, uh, with the patient files, there's probably like photos of the man. It is very possible. Maybe. Depends on the on the file. Um, Going to more first is what you were thinking, Arthur? Yes. Um, you can find more on the ship. He is on the main deck of the ship, pacing around, inspecting the final hold as the 
gas and airplane parts are being brought in that were destroyed two days prior. Mr. Moore, it's been brought to our attention that uh, Danforth has escaped from a sanitarium. You wouldn't happen to be able to, um, wouldn't have a photo of him or be able to recognize him? Oh, oh I, I absolutely would, would recognize Danforth. He was a student of mine at one point. What? What was this kind of? Well, give me give me a description. What did the guy look like? He um, he was always sort of uh, pudgier, brown hair, brown eyes, uh, not not tall, shorter than me, which would put him under six foot. He um, he was he would have been or today he would be. 27, if my... 26, 27. I don't think older than that. But you haven't seen him around here, right? Let's say something. Around here? God, no. No. I was aware of his escape. I was actually living in Arkham at the time. It was news. He broke into our geology department shortly after his... his, um... escape. It's just... Really, uh, it's really unfortunate. Okay, I'm satisfied with that. I'm sure if he's on our boat, he's he's stowed away pretty well. Then. Oh yeah, he's not on on our boat. What, what do you what do you mean? Well, he he his he looks like he was on the last expedition. Yeah, he certainly was. It's suspicious. Just suspicious. Okay, I'm satisfied with that. I won't, I'll stop that lead. Alright. Arthur's got Danforth description. The ship, as is today, is quiet. I mean, there's uh, most of the work was already done as they were planning to, be, to leave already. There's just uh, our handful of Gasoline and and uh, plane parts being brought in. Is there anything anybody else wants to do tonight, or before tonight, or tonight. during tonight? I, I would like to bring up the the letter to the others, but other right. than that, I can't. Right. Sounds good. Yeah, I think I'd update everyone else on what uh, Edwin and I were doing and calling. No, no, not Sure. Collecting on the ship for your dinner time, then. You have your cruise mess. Um, you can all take your time to catch each other up. You're starting to get familiar with the faces of the ship. The science crew. There's uh, Griffith and Porter that you know. Orgle finger that uh, Eugene and Hubert live with. You've got uh, your roommate that you're meeting now for the first time, or uh, you met uh, yesterday for the first time, Arthur and Tony, um, who is a a Lawrence Longfellow. Where is he? Lawrence Longfellow lives with you, Arthur and Tony, Dr. Green, 
still lives with you, Dr. Thorne. Comparing your notes, catching up. There's some uh, awkward conversations happening in the cruise mess as people are just getting to know each other. But the night is winding down. Progress onto the 10th today if we'd like to. Sure. Just just ask around if anything useful I can do or help. Uh, On the last day tomorrow, um, there's a couple people that are next to you. There's uh, one that you met, uh, Sykes, Tony. He is the one that looks like Duke Ellington. Um, He is your polar, lead polar guide. And he'll look at you and and say we've really got everything we need uh, we're, we're, we're all set to go if not for needing to get the plane parts in I think we'd be shipping off tonight wouldn't mind getting everybody that has time to spare one last fitting of clothing oh yeah sure uh, definitely is. especially that I'm so small <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm up to that. He'll write you down for clothing fitting tomorrow, but I'll push this forward onto. Uh, did I actually receive clothing? Because I joined the expedition late. That's fair. You probably should also check in with him for for a sizing yeah. tomorrow. Eight a.m. The uh, the mess is open for food. We all sitting down for breakfast. Yeah, I'll sit down for breakfast. Sure. All right. Eugene today is very focused on his research materials. Yesterday he had delivered a ton of papers from the library that he was able to arrange to be copied and brought over, some originals that he's sworn protection over. Um, he's going to study those for most of the day. Evelyn, you're waiting on your uh, Danforth information to come by? Yeah, pretty much. Are there any other leads I could look into to get in contact with the Miskatonic people? Uh, It's feasible you know people in the psych department. You also met. No, you didn't meet, but you know the names of some of the surviving people that are out there. McTighe was the radio operator. He's in Kingsport. Um, he has a, he owns the radio broadcast there. Mm-hmm. Um, Professor Pavity is still at uh, the geology department in Miskatonic. I wouldn't mind trying to reach out to some of them, but besides yeah. that, once I get the papers, I'll be you know studying those. That'll be the go-to. Sure. Sykes will catch you, Tony and Dr. Thorne, in the morning and ask you to come along when you're all done with your food. He says, uh, so what are you guys doing? Uh, how'd you guys spend your New York time? Oh, <laughs> went to see... No, went to see Central Park. 
Yeah, yeah, I spent some time with Dad. You know, the usual. Said hi. Well, I haven't done much. I've mostly just been working to get us going. What have you been up to? Well, uh... Well, uh... I spend most of my time uh, prepping our gear, helping out on the boat whenever possible. There's been quite a number of uh, needs for... We have so many different research plans, mountaineering, digging, mm. sledding, and it's, it's an incredible amount of gear to prepare, and me and the bosun have been working on getting everything settled in the ship. Nice. Trying to keep a full inventory of it all. Yeah. That makes sense. It's a lot. It's a lot to keep track of. For sure. He's going to take your measurements, Tony and Dr. Thorne. Dr. Thorne, uh, he, uh, he's asking you, it's like, so have you been, uh, been to the ice, the ice before, Doctor? Oh, uh, I thought, well, I mean, I was at the, in the Great War, I believe there was some snowfall, but I wouldn't say that there was a, I went to the ice. It's going to be, um... Well, it's, it's going to take a lot out of you. I'm planning to hold a, a series of classes once we get underway. I'm especially personally interested in my uh, class on proper usage of clothing and equipment. Sign me up. I actually did some, I tried to do some research uh, whilst in New York. I went to the, to the library to read up on on cold survival and I think it's oh, excellent that I understand the effects of the cold so, so how it affects the body and, and the mind and if I'm to be a field medic in the cold weather it should be a, should be quite familiar with all of these things so definitely sign me up for your for your classes okay I will how heavy uh, yeah, go ahead Tony how, how heavy how heavy is this equipment in total you would be somewhere between 40 and 50 pounds uh, if you have any specialty gear that you're going to be bringing, it's going to just add on top of that. 40 to 50 pounds of gear can be expected if you're going out on a full day of, of work out in the snow. Alright. Is that too much? I'm not really sure on the conversion. Ah, it's a pounds? lot. But I mean, if he, mean, he means 40 pounds like with all of your clothing layers and you know, the hoods and hats and shoes and mittens plus some of the backpack gear it's a lot you have to have some physical fitness to oh. be able to move around that's 18 kilograms oh my god that's yeah. a lot yeah how how would I cope with the 65 strength uh, I mean it's depends on the situation it depends on if you're just hanging out around base camp if you're deep snow or Right. We're trying to maneuver in difficult difficult scenarios. It's going to be harder. But there's some tools and classes you can take to try to overcome that a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, I will definitely sign up for those uh, lessons. I mean, yeah. uh, my character will be seeing all this and it will be like, I'm so small, this is impossible. <laughs> Sorensen's doing a... Go ahead. 
I was about to say, I've got strength 50 and constitution 35. I think I need to go and uh, hit the, the Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my. Oh. Definitely. <laughs> got it. Yeah, there's going to be a class on um, polar health, health in the polar climate that Dr. Green is doing. The Sorensen um, Sorensen is doing something on snowshoeing, I think, and just moving around in the in that environment. Uh, sounds like any of those might be useful to you. With that done, what is the plan for today? Uh, who? What is everybody doing at uh, 9 a.m.? The documents have not arrived at 9 a.m. Um, considering that we're leaving tomorrow, I'd probably be seeing if, just to make sure, considering how much has been sabotaged, that nothing's wrong with the engine. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll help Daisy. I'll help you, Daisy. I will say that in the, if you want. I mean, I'd like to see if everything is okay here. If that's okay with you, of course. Yeah, you can come hold things for me. Um, I mostly know what I'm doing, but yeah, I can use an assist. Oh, totally. I mean, the uh, on the boat deck one near the mess, there's a stairwell that you can take down that goes down through the boat deck, through the tween deck, passes by where you would access the uh, fridge space, and then goes directly gotcha. into the engine room. Yep. Engine room is a buzz with a handful of engineers. There is one man that uh, nobody has met yet that is clearly coordinating the efforts. Um, he looks at you and he says, uh, "Daisy," and he says, "Are you, uh, are you Miss Bentz?" Yep, Daisy Bentz at your service. We uh. Say that again. Daisy Bance at your service. Daisy Bance, yeah, Daisy, yeah. We uh, we're we're looking to get started down here. Are are you uh, can you help us out a little bit? Absolutely. Thought I'd head down, make some last minute checkups on the engine, just to make sure that what with all the sabotage that's been going on lately, you know. And we don't say that word down here. We say uh, obstacles. This man is a uh, older man, grizzled beard. He hasn't smiled yet. He seemed to be legitimately hard of hearing in, in asking you to repeat yourself. And he kind of leans towards you with one ear every time that he uh, tries to hear what you have to say. Uh, he he's he introduced himself as uh, p- people call me uh, Chief Chuck. Chief name is Drummond, but Chuck or Chief will be fine by me. Understood. Well, we ought to he... get to making sure this girl's running as pretty as she can. Yep. It is hot and noisy down in the boiler room. 
Tony, you're especially not used to it. It's dozens of degrees warmer down here than it is up in the uh, main deck. Loud. The boilers are I'll not... say, I'm sorry. Yep. I'll say Daisy is probably weaving her way through it because she absolutely knows how everything here works. Weaving her way through people, leaving you in the dust accidentally. Yeah. At some point, a couple engineers will bump into you, Tony, and say, uh, Hey, little guy, what, what can we do for you? I, I'm just here assisting the lady. Whatever you need, yeah, He's course. down here with me. They sort of shrug. Um, they'll ask you to look over. They have a... Uh, you, Daisy, they want actually looking at the engine, making sure that, that things are looking healthy. Um, Tony... If willing, they're asking you to come on over and uh, and help them inspect these lines that the uh, oil is coming in from the uh, the tanks on the fore and after the ship. Yeah, you want mechanical repair, engineering. Yeah, engineering would be good. Gotcha. Nice, um, oh, Tony. They're showing you like a series of pipes and asking you to kind of inspect uh, for any breakage, any cracks, anything wrong at all. Of course, I'll take my time and slowly do it, even if it takes more time. Sure. Absolutely. Make a, a spot hidden with a bonus dice. You can spend some serious time on this. One spot here. And the, and the bonus dice. So, yeah, you're 30. I mean, that's our hard success. Excellent. How does the bonus dice work? Uh, it is a new 10s dice. So with the bonus dice, you could have a 30 or a 40. Oh, okay. 30 is preferred. Okay. okay, so I choose, of course. Yeah, got it. Thanks. Yep. Um, Daisy, there's... Things look healthy. You won't know until the engine is actually on. The ship has to be pulled out by uh, by um, a tugboat to get out of the New York Harbor area. Um, but in its half-turned-on state here, it it's looking good. They've made adjustments that you've asked them to. Um, the crew seems tightly run. Chief Chuck is keeping things in order. Tony, the pipes, they ask you to look through, and they're impressed at the speed by which you're able to go through and actually clearly take real mental notes on how everything's looking. Things look healthy. Things look uh, unsabotaged, as best you can tell. You don't see any big cracks, any big seams, loosened bolts, nothing of the sort. I would convey that information to me, Stacy, of course. Excellent. Excellent. Everything's looking all good over there. Is everything looking all good over here? Everything's looking all good over over where you are. Yeah, everything's looking fine for now. As long as nothing happens within the next 24 hours, we should be good. Famous last words. So, and who will be having access to this, uh... To this premises? Uh... The uh, 
chief engineer. He says, well, we, uh, we're going to have probably five crewmen, from what I understand. Five engine crewmen are going to be down here each watch. That's uh, three teams of them, so 15 engine crew per day, plus myself. If any of the mates want to come down, um, I won't be here all day, obviously, but I'll visit from time to time. It's probably 20 people in total. So is there, will there be a log or a, you know, entrance or exit of people here? Can uh, we implement that? Yeah, well, we will have, there's several areas on the ship that are really a, a need-to-go-only basis. Uh, people are not allowed in the holds of the ship unless otherwise allowed, they have a good reason to be there. People are not allowed down in the engine room unless they have a reason to be there. The people who are showing up on the daily, we will have a list of that. It's going to be set. The ship, I'm sure Turlo will go through it all, but it's it divides between uh, three main watches, a white watch, a red watch, and a blue watch, is what we call them. Each one has five engine crew. Well, it looks just like this. Um, who's on each of those? We have a separate list to define who's going to be uh, on each thing. So we'll know. We'll know who's down here, and they'll know not to let anybody else show up. Okay, that's great. Things are still a little wishy-washy at the beginning here, but pretty soon it'll, it'll this ship will be running tight. As they're hanging out in the uh, couple hours in the engine room, what else are people doing today? Arthur, Evelyn's waiting. I think I just want to keep and just walk, kind of act like security on the boat and try to keep an eye out for any type of sabotage. Sure. So on the boat, on the dock looking around for people suspicious or people talking suspiciously or anything that looks suspicious. Yeah. Um, uh, things are... You, you're, you're, uh, you can spend some time on that. It's really not going to take a role. You are in a heightened state of awareness after everything that's gone on. But you also are kind of used to the familiar faces. All, a lot of the porters um, and stevedores have departed. There's not a big need for that giant crew of people on the dock. Things are quiet. Just the final loading of, of a couple boxes and uh, a couple crates. No big, creepy, suspicious anything's going on. No, no, no creepy fires or nothing going on. Nothing, okay. nothing of that sort. No tentacles either. Okay. That's what I'll probably do most of the day unless somebody needs some muscle with to go with them somewhere. Yep. Is anybody on this last day following up that invitation from Rorik? I, I feel like I might like to. Yeah, I feel like that's maybe the one thing that Hubert would be interested in. Because we brought him to the hospital. I'm sorry, someone yeah. popped me IRL. What, what was that? Exactly. I'm asking who's following up um, on the Rorik invitation to go to his hotel room. 
Oh, yes, I am. Absolutely. Got it. And Arthur will go along, just in case. Sweet. In, in case somebody needs to get shot in the chest, I'm there for you. <laughs> <laughs> the four of you are back Might together. Give, give this guy a flashback or something. Oh, God. Well, the Netherlands Hotel is a fine establishment just off Times Square, um, east of the Amherst. You four, Eugene to the side, uh, can definitely do that. Tony, they'll continue to seek out your help and in the ship, uh, unless you have any other plans. Dr. Thorne? Uh, I think I'll, I might, uh, I might just wait at the ship. Like, I'll wait for the, the patient files to arrive. Yep. Uh, I might go and check one last time that the, the seal we had put on the supplies in the cargo hold is still untampered with. And other than yep. that, I think I'll just, uh, just keep it, uh, a, a calm evening on the ship. Understood. That makes sense to me, yeah. If you check, the seals are in place, um, but you find uh, uh, it is just you and uh, you... Well, let's backtrack a second. To, you go down there and the door's locked. Uh, you know that Dr. Green and others is in charge of the food supplying, and presumably there's somebody on ship who's actually in charge of this space on the ship. Is there anything you'll do to pursue a locked door, or are you just going to take the locked door as a sign of it being secure? I mean, I could probably just go ask Doctor Green, like, "Hey, can I, can I have a key to the, to the hole? Uh, yep. Check, check the, the seals." He, like many people that don't have any explicit tasks, is in your room and in, in his room, um, setting his stuff up, putting, you know, pinning some posters up, getting his books in order, just generally making the space feel more lived in. And he says, uh, "Yeah, you can you can have this, but I'm gonna ask for it back. You have to bring it back immediately." Yeah, no, I'll just go and have a quick look, and then I'll bring it right back. Doctor to doctor, don't don't let anybody else in there with you. <laughs> you got it, Doc. Uh, things look still sealed, as I said. Things look safe in there, pretty much unchanged from when you last saw. Is there is there just one one entrance to the hold? Yes. There is one entrance to the hold, um, and then there's a um, there's a closet within the hold that has equipment. That is a separate door that has a separate lock that your key does not work for. All right. I mean, just checking the, that the seals are in place. I mean, I, I assume there's no obvious signs of tempering or anything like that anywhere. So. Nope. Cold. I'll depart, lock the door, and go take the key back to Green. All right. Excellent. Uh, you four, you heading over to uh, the Netherlands Hotel? Go visit with Mr. Rorick? Yeah. Front, uh, this is a swanky hotel that you're walking up into. 
is far nicer than any of the hotels you've stayed at as part of this expedition. Obviously, Hubert and Miss Walker, you have been in hotels as nice as this before, but not any nicer. The uh, front deskman kind of looks Arthur and Daisy up and down as you're all (laughs) approaching. Uh, And he looks directly at Hubert and says... Uh, sir, is there something I can help you with and you and your, uh, party here? Oh, yes. Uh, we have an, uh, appointment, uh, with one of your, uh, guests, uh, Mr. Rorick. Oh, goodness. Uh, Mr. Rorick? Yeah, why? We absolutely can get you up immediately. Uh, and he snaps his fingers and a bellhop appears that's gonna... Carry the four of you up to the uh, elevator. <laughs> carry us? Well, fairy is cool. probably a better word. <laughs> I like the image that he's just got you all on his back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Scoops us up. Uh, he brings you behind the office, uh, or behind the desk, into an office and into a private elevator that goes straight up to the penthouse suite. Bellhop says, here you go, and opens the door, and uh, you essentially open into Rorik's suite, and he calls out, Mr. Rorik, sir, uh, you have four guests. They said you're they're expected. You left a note. And you hear some movement inside. Uh, he calls out, oh, yes, of course. Please let them in. And you guys can head on in. You're looking at a hotel room, beautifully velveted, carpeted, marble floors, beautiful mirrors adorning each wall. There's a sm- everything smells of a there's sort of a herbal tea smell in the air. It sounds like somewhere in the house there's either somebody left a faucet on, or there may even be a water feature in this apartment or in this uh, hotel floor, hotel suite beautiful balcony that looks out into the New York skyline directly over Central Park and the rest of Manhattan. Hey, I'm (laughs) sorry. People are purposefully sabotaging me playing. I'm going to be quiet for a while. It's okay. Daisy will still be there. Um, Yeah. Eventually you'll find uh, he'll summon you into the room. Beautiful sitting space that is in that room at the balcony. Uh, there's Nicholas Rorick. He is looking plain, but nice clothes, well-manicured beard. He seems to still be nursing some bruises on his face, but he looks a lot healthier than you last saw him. He stands to greet you all, shake all four of your hands. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for inviting us. What, what can we do for you? It felt absolutely necessary to personally thank all four of you for what you did for me. To be Uh, frank, I I saw a couple of your faces in the paper and saw the the tragedy that befell your expedition a couple days ago. I want to offer my condolences. Fire. A man died. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. They appreciate it. I have something for you all. If it's not quite right, I 
understand, but... Well, I... I wanted to gift one of my paintings, and... Even if it's facing the salty air every day, I would really appreciate if you would bring it with you on the journey. Oh, yes. Well, that's awfully generous of you. Thank you. Of course. How have you been? How is your recovery? Uh, it's been some difficulty dealing with the police this much. A lot of questions. No answers. We know there's no answers. Yeah. Those men were... professional. (laughs) Unfortunately, yes. Is that all he invited us here for? No information? (laughs) Nothing? No, that's all. I mean, he's invited to thank you. If you want to ask him questions, he can, but... He's invited you. What does this what does this painting look like? Can Arthur call it ugly? <laughs> <laughs> he says this was one of my finest pieces from the Himalaya Himalayan journey I went on twenty years ago. Oh. Well thank you. Thank you so much for offering that to us. Um it's very kind. Nice. It's that sense of endless, endless beauty that the Himalayas offer. I, I don't know if any of you have ever had the chance to visit. It's a truly beautiful place. Unfortunately, not. But I, I wish I have. <laughs> you almost will. You know, it's not every day we get somebody to ask to bring a painting with us to the to Antarctic. Um, kind of odd. <laughs> I, I have a personal. This this journey is is personal for me. Is is I I wonder if it is for some of you. Knowing Acacia's out there, I I worry. Having been kidnapped by people that were asking me questions that were obviously related to this, having a dear friend. Send me here. What? What is this location? The Himalayas. What's it called? What is it called? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, it's not a physical place. I drew. It is something that came to me in a dream when I was studying, meditating there. Oh shit! Uh. What does this look like? Did you, oh? Did you not see it? No, I did not. For some reason. I'll drop it down. If I do this, you should, it should oh, pop up you. on your screen. Yes, it just did. Oh. What is this writing on the left? Can we see a language on that little picture? A little. Oh, that little. I mean, it, it, it's not English. Um, it's not really writing that can be read. It's he didn't uh, he didn't faithfully recreate the the language there. Okay. Or just scribbles. But you can yeah. ask him about it. It's insulting. Okay. Uh, so you're all uh, art critics then, I- I'm understanding. <laughs> I'm a, no, critic, of every- no, I'm a no. critic of everything. But I guess it's okay. 
I, I get on my knees and start crying. It's, it's no. really a wonderful gift. Uh, I'd like, I'll kind of cut it and say, thank you so much. It's really, uh, it me- meets a lot, truly. Were you able to find out anything more about those men? Do I have reason to worry they'd come back for me? No, I, uh, well... I don't know what what exactly my colleagues have turned up, but I don't believe you have any reason to worry, no. I don't believe so either. I think they got what they came for, unfortunately. Unfortunately. This much violence is distasteful. It, it's an injustice to start such an important journey that you're all on with, with this violence. It's a bad taste. Mm-hmm. This all started with, for me, with Percival's death. Ever since then, every everything that's touched this Antarctic business has been wrong. I'm sorry for your loss. I really am. Have you heard anything from the the police or anything like that that could be useful to us in keeping us safe? No, I told them everything I think I told you. Uh, all those questions they asked me grilled me over and over mm. again. Did I know where Dyer was? Did I know anything about the Pym manuscript? By asking where... Danforth was. I still don't understand how it all connects. Mm. Well, thank you for the painting. It's beautiful. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Of course. If uh, any of you are in the city about a year from now, I'm having a a showing. It's a charity event. Some of my larger works downtown. I, I'll, I'll seek you all out and try to get tickets for you. Mm. Thank you. Thank Please, you. Just I would love to attend. That would, that would be lovely. Please just say, stay safe. You too. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you. You guys have nothing else for him. You can, you can head on your way. Yeah. Let's roll. Doctor Thorne. At some point, a courier will be asking around for. Miss Walker or Dr. Thorne? Ah, perfect. I will go and uh, meet them. We've got this express delivery here. Something, uh, can, I, can I get some form of ID? Yes, please. I give him, I show him a form of ID and I give him and take the uh, package. 
That'd be uh, $15. All right, I pay, pay, pay the man. All right. And he uh, quickly leaves. You have in front of you a uh, manila envelope style uh, package with a series of papers. Which certainly makes sense. One, two, three. I think something might be bugged with the third page of this. I'll show it to you, but I might have to re re-upload this. Can you view the second uh, page? I, I can see. No, it comes out black. Yeah, me too. I don't know why. Page. But that is, is. You can explore that a bit now while I put that together. Do you want to. Maybe not. I don't know if every word needs to be read, but there's certainly highlights. Yeah. Um, and if you see any highlights, uh, please read to the group. Yeah, so, looking at the. First of all, inpatient admission form for a Paul Danforth. Age 24 at the time. A graduate student. Working in the Department of Geology at the Miskatonic University. He's diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic with special factors. Perfect blood pressure. <laughs> Sorry. Decent blood pressure. Yeah. He had his... Oh, this this is this is interesting. His toes were, he had some frostbitten toes that were amputated. Oh, if we see any, see a man without toes, let's get to know. Uh, history of starvation, self-imposed. Some potentially some kind of a, either eating like food like a food strike, or maybe he was just uh, suffering from some delusion. And then cycles of alcohol abuse. Okay. Hmm. Uh, she is obviously ex experiencing continuous delusions, but uh, mentions of music, cold, and sounds of wing beats. <laughs> I saw items of note, a small black stone, including the color stains. A small black stone. That's interesting. It's not scary at all. Yeah. <laughs> Just a mysterious black stone. <laughs> totally normal. Yeah. Amputation of left index and middle toes. You'll dwell. Next and middle toes, always left foot. Oh, well, let's see. Second pitch, still not working. Let's see the history of the report. Alright, so on August.
August 16th, 1932, he was involved in an incident, physical violence, there were injuries, let's see what happened. 5.45 p.m. Who I believe is some kind of witness to this, Jensen Perth, who's a patient or staff, or a patient or staff number. Perth observed a bleeding Danforth in his room, apparently attempting to draw slash paint image on the wall. Perth enters the room to attempt intervention, sees strange mountain peaks in great red, red swarm clouds. And Perth departs from patient after highly unsuccessful intervention, no physical injuries sustained. And Perth returns with three orderlies who restrain patients. They proceed with patient begging not to return to the cold hydrotherapy tanks. Tentative. Patient to be restrained in room when unattended. Okay, so he was painting images. And given one to return to the cold, so definitely, definitely experienced something in the cold. Uh, and yeah, the second page is still not working. I found, I don't know why this works, but you see how at the top middle there's a clickable and then there's a hand symbol? Yeah. If you click the oh, hand symbol, the it hand. works. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but it works. Uh, All right. Uh, nature of his mental aberration of derangement. Oh, there we go. Nation discharge for. Details on admission and duration of residence. So stay in catatonic delusions believed in prison starving. Substance of discharge, I see, yes, September 2nd, 1932. He escaped. escaped. Patient began discourse with night attendant through door. Attendant heard, heard running slash screaming through hallway, jumped out of the door in this window. Patient discovered outside a room of the Patient cornered and often survives, jump out of window, disappears in the circle. So he jumped out of a fifth story office window. All right, so it, this at least has his physical descriptions, and I think the most important part is the the, the two missing left toes. So yeah. So if you do not notice anybody, like if you're sunbathing or something, you're taking, or taking a shower, who knows? Uh, and you notice somebody who's missing toes, that's definitely a good sign to keep an eye on. 
Uh, now I'm going to have to have you roll for spot hidden toe checks. Uh. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, that said, uh, we could ask who, who was doing the clothing for us. Sykes. We could ask Sykes. Has he, I mean, he took everybody's uh, measurements, which probably included like foot size and all that. Um, did he see anybody with that with missing toes? Probably something he would have. He would have yeah, uh, if you ask him, there are some people missing some toes. Mostly people on the, that are part of the ship. Um, Arthur, do you have all your toes? I don't know. Let me check. Yep, still have all my toes. <laughs> <laughs> this little piggy went to town. Yep, got them all. <laughs> I mean, people um, people had fought at the in the Great War as well, so I mean, it, it happens. He'll tell you uh, if you're if you're looking for somebody that's missing those two toes, it doesn't really that does not sound familiar. I don't think I've seen a single person with index, middle, left toes missing. I guess I could have missed it, but for the most part, I I had to make some special arrangements for snowshoe fittings and, and whatnot. I think I would remember. And then he says, oh, and then he takes off his shoe and sock and says, see, not me either. <laughs> Very good, Sykes. I show him my toes as well. And uh, <laughs> he looks at Evelyn and then he says, all right, I think we're good here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next piece we could check. Uh, Green probably has everybody's medical records. We're oh, looking yeah. for somebody. We're looking for somebody of height five, about height height five ten, age twenty, twenty. When was hey, he? I'm back. What was the date? Welcome, Welcome back. back. Sorry about that. It's all right. Um, oh, yeah, you can. There's a date of birth. So. that I needed to talk to people about, and then my internet down. Oh man. Oh no. But we could try to like cross reference Green's list of. Uh, you know, uh, so Green's medical records with something that would be close to the records like 510 age about this much because we have his date of birth I mean weight can vary widely so I wouldn't put too much effort on weight but like eye color likely won't change and if yeah. we if we start gathering gathering details that way maybe we can do like a short list of Absolutely. If you approach Green about that, uh, do you, you want to have the conversation now? Uh, yeah, I, I would say to Green that you know we have a, we believe that the person who has been sabotaging this trip is someone who escaped from the Arkham Sanitarium, a Danford mm. who was part of the original ex, uh, expedition, who seems to be obsessed with the happened on the trip uh, we are we we're afraid or we have concern that maybe he might have infiltrated the, the crew and that being said we have you know these details that the sanitarium sent us about his physical you know, detail detail size size height date of birth age all that kind of thing color of eyes and we'd like to cross-reference it with the ship's 
the crew members, and so we have a short list of potential people who we could keep an eye on. This is, uh, it's sort of, uh, I'm sort of uncomfortable using too much of my, these are patient records, I don't know that everybody would appreciate me just handing out the... HIPAA doesn't exist yet, come on. <laughs> it's, I, I want to help you out, would, did this... Would, 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 would you feel more comfortable if we gave you the details and then you, you... Narrowed down list hmm. and just gave us names. You don't. That's need an to excellent, any, excellent idea. Any particular? You don't need to show us any particular like health problems or anything. We're just looking for who might potentially fit this this uh, range of age and height and general uh, description. Oh, have you seen any crewers who are missing two toes from their left foot? Hmm. That was mentioned as one characteristic. Toes, middle and index toe on the left foot amputated due to the frostbite. You know, I... Let me take all this information uh, and, and, and take a look at my records. Thank you, Doctor. I will be right back again. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, he takes a look. He's going to take some time on that. Um, cross-referencing height and age. Also giving his best guess on mental stability and whether he is aware that anybody spent any time in Arkham um, or, or should have. He'll come back with you and say there's really only two individuals that would possibly match the description. There's a... But it's not that... I don't know anything about people missing any toes. I don't believe I've heard anything anything like that. Um, have you met uh, Sam? Uh, uh, Sam Winslow? Uh, I don't believe so. so uh, Evelyn, you might know that you pulled him out of the fire in the warehouse. Oh! Gotcha. Uh, he, I mean, he's got brown eyes, brown hair. He's about the same height, about the same weight. I don't know if Mr. Mr. Danforth's weight has changed or or, or any of that, but uh, that's one name. Does, he, does the age match? It, it matches. He is uh, twenty-seven. Close enough. Could be other way. So what does he do on board? Uh, he is a uh, he's one of the science crew. He's a graduate student for. Glaciology part. Paul Winslow. Sam Winslow. Uh, Sam Winslow. And who was the other other person you thought might fit the bill? I guess... I mean, if I... If I had to say, I would say the other grad student, Giles, Avery Giles, he's only 26... He, again, he's about the same. Everything matches. I just don't know anything about the toes missing. My understanding is neither of them have spent any time in the ice. So, frostbite amputation is is unlikely. Do you you think there'd be any chance for you 
told him in for a physical checkup, and at the same time, probably potentially just see for this, I read these files. Uh, he seemed like a troubled man, Paul Danforth. I, I worry if you think he might be hiding on the ship under. Potentially, he might not be on ship. He might be. He might be operating from from shore. We just want to make sure that, in case he might have infiltrated the crew, we'd, we'd have a we'd try to locate him. But it, but it is possible that he's not part of the crew. He might be you know, operating from, from outside the ship as well. Or he, you know, maybe he's stoked. Uh, stoked. I think I would ask you. I'm willing to help you out. But I, I don't feel like I have enough that I want to. Bring. I mean, do we know that the? This is a difficult one. I don't believe we have any solid evidence. This is a. This is a, our best. Esther. So far, but it does. But we are still operating with a lot of unknowns. So. We might be looking at the, the wrong suspect here, but it's, it, it, it matches potentially the motive. Seems to be he seems to have problems with with the notion of going back to the cold. And if he has heard that there is another expedition heading there, he might have a. A reason to try to stop that expedition, and it and his his escape from the sanitarium happened around the time when news of the expedition might have started to surface. Um, I understand, uh, Daisy. You you can be part of this crew that's asking the doctor about these uh, the description of Danforth and try to find out if he's on the ship. Okay, cool. I. I didn't want to interrupt, and I just wanted to know if I'm... <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, I sympathize with, with the worry, Dr. Thorne. I'll talk to them both. I'll... I don't know. I think they... If one of them... If Danforth is really one of them... I wonder if he would be tipped off me asking to look at his feet, essentially. I mean, asking to oh, do a spot yes. physical. I, I worry. I think that's a good call. I, I leave it to your judgment. Like we've, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for for both Sam and Avery. And uh, hopefully when we leave, after we leave port, there will be no more attempts of sabotage. But if sabotage happens while we're at sea, I think that's a clear sign that somebody is on, on the boat with us. So it's something to keep keep in mind. If there if you do come into contact with either Sam or Avery or anybody of the crew who you realize might actually fit the bill. Come to think of keep it, it in, he's too old. But that Turlo, I mean... Brown hair, brown eyes, 5'10". But he's... Turl yeah, the first officer. He's he's 33, though. So I, I think he's too old. 
I mean, I guess if if he gave the correct age. But then again, how do we know any of them gave the correct ages? Right. I mean, most likely if he were to be on board with with malintent, he'd probably use false papers. Right. At that point, you could send your name to be anything. Yeah, I, I, I worked alongside Turlo during the during some of the problems we had. I, he didn't give me a sense that he was trying to impede Nice. to rescue people or ship in any way. Uh, but worth, worth keeping in the back of our heads. But again, these are just guesses. I wouldn't want to start accusing anybody about anything. Or yes, of course. Well, please let me know what I can do to be helpful. For now, if I were you, I would see if you could just get a sense of these men. Maybe they. Very good. Maybe they'll give something uh, away. What, uh, so Sam Sam Winslow was in the. He was a student of glacier glaciers. Or what was? Yes. It? Yeah. Gla- glaciology, but yeah, he's a student of the glaciers. He looks and then like it, this. And then Avery, what did he do? He was some other kind of grad student. Yes, he's a he's a grad assistant to uh, Myers, to Charles Myers, who was an archaeologist. Neither of them, you have interacted with neither of them really at this point. Sorry, what was Avery's last name? Giles, G-I-L-E-S. Uh, let's go. Okay. All right. But yes, uh, Doctor Green, just keep your keep your eyes eyes peeled for anybody uh, that might fit these uh, descriptions. And, uh, thank you for your uh, for your help and taking the time to look through the records. Of course, thank you for trying to keep us all safe. Excellent. Uh, I wonder. Can I do? Can I do medicine? In terms of, if, if somebody jumps from a fifth-story window, what kind of damage would that likely do? It's <laughs> a good question. Yeah, you could roll yeah. medicine on that. Mm. Uh, it sounds like it would be really damaging. <laughs> yeah, it would hurt. Yeah, I mean, you would imagine you're breaking something. It depends on what you land on, but uh, yeah. you, you, something's breaking. Bad, something's dude. hurting. Yeah, yeah. He's bad. Uh, and it, I mean, it sounds the. I don't know if it literally says. What does it say? Jumps out a window. It doesn't say whether the attendant that uh, jumped out of the window first, running from him, or running from something. Did the the attendant jump out of the window? Yep. Uh, 3.45 a.m. Patient began discourse with... Oh, that's the page you haven't read. 
no, 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 no. I read that page. Oh, okay. But I said, attendant heard running, screaming through hallway, jumped out of fifth story office window. I thought the patient jumped out uh, of fifth story yeah, office window. Yeah, 4.30, attendant heard running and screaming through the hallway, jumped out of fifth story office window. 4.48, patient uh, cornered in office, uh, sur- survives, jump out of window. So the patient jumps out of the window also at 4.48. How would the attendant jump out of a fifth-story window? I don't know. That's very confusing. Uh, can I can I call Thomas uh, Thomas uh, again? Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, Tommy's uh, ready for you. He says, "Did you get the papers all right?" I did. Thank you very much. You did. You 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 really came through, and that helped us a lot. I had I had one question about this uh, this paperwork. It says that the attendant jumped out of a, a fifth story window. Oh, it was it was really terrible. Yeah, there was uh, an orderly that really an attendant that had been serving him for some time. Um, uh, it was uh, Janssen Perth. He was often the orderly when we found Danforth up an incident and it was um, well that last day whatever happened to Danforth the man saw something or talked to him or, or just had a breakdown of his own and let Danforth out but he he opened that door it's the only way Danforth could have gotten out and other patients said that he was running screaming through the hallway and uh, heard a crash and we found his body on the ground dead five stories oh I thought I thought first I read that the attendant heard something not I was attendant was heard running screaming through the hallway right. correct Oh, I see. No, it but I see sense. the grammatical. We will we'll make our records more <laughs> clear next time. <laughs> I understand okay. the grammatical uh, change there. Did, did the attendant survive? No. Okay. Attendant is hurt. Is hurt. There we Okay, well, that's unsettling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, was there any sign? So no, no, no sign. Nothing was. Was there blo- found any traces of blood or anything else from from Danford? Was he hurt? We just mentioned that he survives um, jump out of window, but there there was blood all around at the landing. We at first we couldn't figure out how he survived. Our best guess is that he may have not jumped out, but dangled from the window uh, so that he was closer and then possibly tried to scale down the building. But we know for a fact at some point he he had an impact. Um, we did find what we believe to be his blood. Um, I think he attempted to reduce his fall and at some point did actually fall and suffered an injury. Uh, 
this has been very helpful. One last question. Do you know if he took small black stone with him? Those marked as being as part of his personal items. Small it was black mentioned that stone. it was... It, well, actually, no. It was it was surrender to the sanitarium, and he was admitted. Do do you still have his personal items? Um, that's a good question. I think we may have, I think we may have handed them off to the police after the investigation began, following his escape. I'd have to look into it. Yeah. In like, case you happen to have, if you happen to have them. Uh, could you could you see if you could find that small black stone and 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 potentially have a description of it uh, for me? I can do that. And either way, I could. Called. Yeah, and I could send. Um, I can ask around for some of the workers that were here and attended to him. They might have a memory of it, even if we can't find the the object itself. Yeah, that that would be helpful. My my hunch is that he brought it back with him from the previous expedition, and perhaps it has some some form of meaning to to the man. And if we had some sense of what what it might be like, that might be might be of use to us. That that makes sense. I'll uh, I'll look into it as best I can on my end. All right. Thank you, Thomas. You have been uh, immensely immensely helpful. Course. Good luck. Thank you. Great, great, uh, great rest of the day. All right, guys. All right. Ship is uh, running smooth. You, some point, somebody's going to tell you that there's a dinner that Starkweather is hoping everybody will attend um, on the ship at 8 p.m. So it's a question of what anybody else wants to do, and then departure is at 10 a.m. the next day. And there'll be a little bit of a ceremony, but it's mostly for the press. Um, is there any chance I can quickly run to... I realize I haven't done this yet. I assume I would have done it earlier, but I haven't actually said to do it. Can I get some papers on, like, isolation and things like that and just study up? Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. I'm going to put down that you have a, a packet of information and then you can choose to to you can spend pretty much the rest of the day gathering some materials and then whenever you're on the boat, and I guess technically after that, you could cho- you choose to spend some time researching that and furthering your knowledge on it. Do some skill improvements on it. Cool. Thank you. But that's the that is the right kind of thinking. This is the time for your final possessions. If you want to go grab that case of scotch, you know, if you want to have uh, any well, materials you need. Scotch. <laughs> Maybe that second that. case of scotch. <laughs> um, anything? Yeah, whatever. Anybody? If there's any final notes of things people want to have on the boat with them, I'll make that note for Evelyn. Thank you. I think Daisy would definitely be going through all of her stuff, making sure she has all of the right tools and whatnot. Yep, yep. I'm sure she does, but double-checking is everything. Sounds good. 
Anybody I'm gonna make else? sure I have an extra pair, extra pair of woolen socks. All right. Got that. Anything anybody else is doing before uh, dinner tonight? No, not really. All right. No. Not, not me for us, at least. 8 p.m. Starkweather hosts a a large meal. It, they basically have a continuous flow of food from the captain's mess, which I'll put. Or not the, not the captain's mess. The crew, uh, the officers' mess, and the crew's mess. The officers' mess is where the uh, officers plus Starkweather more uh, and some of the chief leadership people, like the chief engineer. Um, they have their meals there, as well as the captain, if he wants to. Um, there's sort of a continuous flow of food, chatter. You see absolutely everybody on the ship is here in some way. Uh, unfortunately, there's a handful of people that are on the night shift, the night watch, that can't make it. But uh, those are ship people. The entire expedition crew is here. Boisterous laughter. People have already started to put up posters. People have hung things on the wall. Um, there is a large cage that's sitting in the crew's mess, uh, like a bird cage that's empty. In the crew's mess, a big map of the, uh, basically showing the proposed route from New York to Antarctica, uh, with the stop in the middle, all laid out there. It is celebration tonight. Starkweather at the beginning will bring everybody to attention quickly and say. Well, it was a ridiculous journey to get everybody here. I didn't think that some of our hardest obstacles would come in preparation, but, well, now we know. Thank you all. Enjoy your final night. Make any arrangements you need before 10 a.m. tomorrow. And he'll go party with more and such in the officer's mess. Night drags on, Sweet. people making small talk. At some point, uh, some people, the geologists or uh, paleontologists will approach uh, uh, Eugene and make some small talk with him. He's not here, but sort of interested in sharing that science background. Um, Evelyn, a man will approach you. He is well-dressed, short-cut hair, he looks very uh, erudite and aristocratic. He introduces himself and says, Hello, I'm uh, Pierce Albemarle. Oh, hello. Nice to meet you. I've um, heard are you, you are a scientist. I, I am indeed, thank you. Some people would not consider me that. <laughs> Excellent. I've always said that the, the fairer sex deserves to be just as involved in studies as, as the rest of us. What does your field you. of focus? Uh, psychology. Ah, the mind. I'm a meteorologist myself, much less personal. Oh, oh very nice, very nice. Um, you're on this expedition as well, I assume? Oh, absolutely. You're stuck with me for oh, some time, I think, for the next couple months. Very nice. Well... Wonderful to meet you. Um, any specific research you're looking into on the trip? Any 
theories? I'm a my focus, uh, and uh, my grad student, Orglefinger, he, our focus mm. is primarily to understand how the uh, great period of cold settled onto the Antarctic, leading to the mass extinctions and eventually the creation of the ice cap that we will see mm. with our own eyes. That understanding, that meteorological effect is, is of the utmost importance to me. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. And yourself? Your research? Hope we're oh, all not I... guinea pigs here. <laughs> uh, only slightly. Um, more here to study isolation and the effects on the mind. Um, as well as try to help prevent it as we go down south. We don't want to uh, have another Miskatonic on our hands. So Understood. Well, you know, I did do some mountaineering in my youth, and he's going to start going <laughs> off on a whole story to you okay. with a, a drink in hand. Um, he'll talk to you for a bit, telling you some story of when he did mountaineering, by which he means he was in the hills of Vermont and uh, uh, basically went outside and, and actually did his own field research for once. And it was, uh, mm -hmm. for him, gripping. Arthur... Uh, a familiar face to you, Pulaski, which is the uh, chief of the sled dogs. He's going to come greet you. Uh, he'll go in for a handshake and he'll say, ah, and he'll give you a, a, like a bear hug as best, he, as best you allow him to. Ah! <laughs> he says, my friend, have you gotten to, to spend any time with the dogs? A little bit, a little bit. Beautiful uh, creatures. How are they looking? Oh, healthy, yes, yes. healthy as 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 anything. I, 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 we excellent breeders. We've established for this expedition. Has any of them come out as dominating to be a lead sled dog? Well, absolutely. I, we have three in mind. Uh, myself, Fiskerson, Snobjorn. We plan to run three sleds. We're looking for somebody to lead a fourth sled team. I'll be me. I have much skill, but it was in the, it was in Alaska, but it's the same same skill. Absolutely. We have um, we have uh, some need for uh, a, a teaching moment. Uh, I'll be teaching a class on sledding. Most do not know how. If you yes, would well, join me, I thought, me in we, teaching I, thought that. I already volunteered, but yes, yeah, sure. Thank you. Sure. We'll send you some more information about that when it happens. I would love if you could meet me. I visit with the dogs at noon most days. Check in with them, see if they're healthy. Please join me whenever you feel like it. Sure. I will do that tomorrow at noon. Sounds like Excellent. a date. I'll see you there. Good man. Yep. Wonderful. Well, the night progresses... As such, people meeting others here and there, getting a little more cozy with the crew. Redenberg will read a passage from some dusty old sailor's book that he has and wish everybody a good night. We can move forward to the next day. What day is that? That is the that is nine eleven. Ooh, yeah, it is. Oh boy. <laughs> Let's see if it's disaster.
disastrous for us as well. <laughs> you had your disaster. Nothing else is gonna go wrong on this trip. Are you kidding me? Thanks, Kyle. Oh no, definitely nothing else is gonna go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> at the uh, at the at the head of the ship, ceremony is is somewhat started, which mostly consists of Redenberg uh, reading a prayer over the ship. You see uh, Starkweather and more. Uh, although you mostly see them in negotiation or planning, they're currently at, at the edge of the ship looking out into the ocean, and Starkweather keeps slapping a hand on Moore's back. They seem to be laughing together, excited for what's to come. There's a bit of a crowd that will develop from when you're all up around 8 a.m. to the departure time, 10 a.m. Some reporters, some family, some friends of other crewmates... Um, everybody sees somebody. Of note, Dr. Thorne, you definitely recognize in the crowd of reporters that's currently interviewing some of the engine crew, uh, Arnie, which is the New York uh, reporter that wrote that scathing article that he kind of, uh, he introduced himself to you, he met you in the, uh, the reefer space? I don't know if you remember that. He pretended to be not a reporter? Yeah, yeah I remember that. He is present in down in the audience. Down in the, uh, the onlookers space. On the dock. Taking interviews. He also wrote that article about you and Evelyn. Yes. You see, uh, Detective Hansen is far off leaning against the wall of the warehouse, looking on silently, not talking to anybody. If he catches any of your eyes from the ship, he will look up and wave. Give you a silent wave. Clearly wishing you well. And finding a little humor in this situation. You see, uh, Henning uh, is essentially uh, in a mutual weeping session with a woman that looks about his age. Early 30s. He's left the ship and is standing on the docks. They're holding each other, separating to have a couple words, falling into tears again, going back in to hold each other. Heartfelt moment. Turlow was trying to have an air of respectability up on the ship, but at some point... He turns beet red, heads off the ship down the gangway to the to the deck or to the uh, where the warehouse is and to the dock, uh, and meets two uh, older people, a woman and a man. The woman gives him a giant hug, kisses him on the forehead. The older man shakes his hand, slaps his back. Seems to be an emotional moment. Everybody's having their little times. Goodbyes. Seeing New York for the last time, most of them. Eugene might not even come to the, uh, might, might not even come up from the ship. He might still be inside, preparing his lab. Evelyn, your father will come to visit, which will get some press attention. Cool. Okay. He'll uh, 
go to shake your hand. Your mother did not come. Of course. Cool. He says, uh, well, young lady, this is, this is going to be a big one. I know, Dad. Are you ready for this? As ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> you know, I put a lot of money into this expedition. I expect some results, you know. Uh, something you could help us out with here. Listen, I'm going to do my best, okay? Keep everybody on track. We can I put will. all that uh, stuff in the Midwest behind us, right? Yeah. Your mother wanted to be here, but, you know, she's not, she's just not well these days. I know. Tell her I'll miss her. I'll tell her. Who else has I'm, like, any? very cold, not excited to talk to him. Yep. Uh, Tony, you have a wire come through this morning, probably before everybody sets up, from your editor. Oh my. He's asking you to, to get on the phone before you depart. Oh, sure I will. Uh, definitely. Um, he, uh, he's on the phone with you and he says, uh, Tony, great news. Your piece, the, the pictures that you sent, they're going over extremely well in the office. We've, we've drummed up a lot of excitement for this. Well, I'll be sure to get more and more and send them once I get to Australia. Excellent. Excellent. I think that this might be a promotion opportunity for you, Tony. I think you might be a perma- become a permanent editor status if you keep this up. Well, then what what would that depend on? What are the what's the catch? What do you mean? We have a narrative right now. The narrative of the expedition, bright and shining, setting out some tragic difficulty, but your presentation of the events in your pictures was optimistic, hopeful, and successful. We need this journey to be a success. We're running on this story of optimism and the f- one of the final expeditions in this heroic age of exploration. I need you to do whatever you can to make sure that this journey doesn't end up like the last one. Uh, yes, of course, I am part of the expedition and I would like to come back alive. But you do know that I am a reporter. And my job is to actually observe and comment and to report, not to directly influence what happens. Yeah, well. Oh, are you telling me? Are you trying to tell me that I have to do something else? What's going on here? I'm telling you that uh, you know you have a you have a big story here, and as involved as you are is is as high these promotion opportunities will go. Of course, I understand. Uh, I do my best as usual, but remember that this is not my line of business. I want to come back to. Uh, and work for the investigation, you know. I've, we'll get to it. I know, I know. We, this is going to be great for that. You having this weight behind your name, it's going to allow you to look into whatever you want. Any old thing. 
That's perfect. I feel better now. And uh, please, do let me know. Do send me a wire, okay? Uh, to Australia, if you ever find uh, find out about any uh, kind of development on the other expeditions, keep me on the loop. Whatever uh, information comes across, it will be useful. I will. Uh, I could tell you right now that uh, Lexington's expedition is supposed to cross the Panama Canal in just a couple days. Yes, I know. We are uh, just a step behind of them. And Starkweather is actually frustrated by that. Hmm. That doesn't surprise me. There's history there. I've read some, some pieces. Well, I try to be objective, okay? But, uh, of course, yes, I do. It's my life at risk here. Absolutely. Yes, stay safe. Keep in contact. Send more photos, please. I will. Thank you. And Tony, can you make me two credit rating rolls? Credit rating. Two. Two. What is it? And then roll a D- 1d6. Uh, just a moment. W- 1d6? Yes. 1d6. Um, you can improve your credit rating by three points as you have just partially mar- uh, marginally moved up in the world as far as uh, oh my god photojournalism is concerned okay that's like a five dollar extra a week <laughs> yeah right. probably <laughs> that's five more people you could you could uh, pay off in a week well, depending. Right. Hewitt, Hewitt spends like $100 per, uh, per person, <laughs> which is like a fortune. That's true. That's true. I, all my bribes are very... Uh... I think you already paid the university for uh, five or six people. Yeah. This adventure. I think so. Um, Hubert, anybody? I, I th- I, any, uh, what does your send-off look like? Uh, Hubert's send-off is... Very quiet, uh, very lonely. No one comes to see him. Uh, I think he will find a spot on the ship to sit and uh, actually paint. Try to paint the scene uh, that he sees. The scene Absolutely. of everybody, you know, being sent off. Yeah, make me uh, an, uh, a roll on that. Arts and crafts. Okay. Sure. Painting skill is not very high, but it's worth a shot. Ooh! Oh! Very nice! A hard success. Yeah, you can absolutely fully capture the emotion of the scene. <coughs> All the details really show the optimism everybody's feeling and the backdrop of adventure and excitement. <laughs> it's no Rorik. I'm, I'm so glad that I uh, get to make an improvement check in that. My goal is to have painting be one of my highest skills by the end of the game. Yeah, every time you paint. <laughs> uh, it's true. No happy accidents, though. That was a good painting. Every day's a good day. Paint. Um, all right, and Daisy, 
Uh, it's about 9.45. Tugboat, yep. is, uh, tugboat is setting up next to the ship. Uh, Chief Chuck will approach you. He'll run up from somewhere below. He's completely covered in uh, grease and oil. And he says, Benz, I need you. What's going on? We need more. Uh, we need more help downstairs. We need more hands. Got it. And she heads downstairs. She's gonna. He's gonna have you come down to the engine room and help coordinate everything. It's everybody's first time. They're starting to bring the boilers up to temperature and test out how the engine is, is accepting the steam. Things look good, uh, but it is. It's an all-hands-on-deck situation. Gotcha. You all, you all uh, are watching as the gangway is pulled in. Pictures are taken. <laughs> um, that's really funny, Tony. Um, gangway is pulled in. Reporters are snapping pictures. You're hearing cheers, claps, well wishes. A wave and a, a walk away from Detective Hansen. The ship is pulled out into the bay from uh, by a tugboat. And uh, open ocean awaits you all. Yay. This will be it. Here we are. Yay. 9-11. That's where we'll leave it for tonight, guys. Cool beans. Awesome. Finally, on the water. No. Still alive. And, 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 and nothing, nothing wrong happened while we left. Nothing. No, you left nobody without a hitch. Nobody died. Nobody. No explosions. <laughs> no anything. Nope. Uh, what'd you yes, say, Daisy? Was... I said, hopefully I'll be less happy next day. Yes. I'm glad you were here, though. Uh, do we make XP checks now? Sounds like the end of the chapter. Yes, this is definitely improvement check time. Cool. So let's, uh, let's go for Hubert's first on the list, so let's go for Hubert first. Make all your all your tricks and try to roll over. Nice. Did I make anything other than that engineering check earlier? No, I don't think so, because you rolled really well. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, I see just... Oh, I see what you mean. Uh, over the like this session in particular? Yeah. Um, yeah, technically I see an intelligence check, but that doesn't count. Um, yeah, less relevant to you, because you just did the improvement check. Yes. Nice. Yeah, go for it, Tony. I, if you all can manage your dice rolls well enough... Um, it's fine, I just don't want to have all six of us rolling at the same time. It's going to get really confusing. Oh, you're good. 
Anything else you have, Tony? Oh, no, no, sorry. Sorry about that. You're good. Uh, yep, no, uh, it looks like it was just the engineering. All right. Uh, Arthur, you want to go for it? Hey, you use the photos. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that was my preferred one. Yeah, it's definitely the best. Three on brawl. Nice. Ah, fail them all. I'm trying. Nine on intimidate. that one and actually that is all I have cool beans what you got Evelyn I have not rolled yet charm is she working yeah she's working and she's way too successful she's way too successful beautiful charm Analysis, too successful. And yeah, that's all I got. Damn. Unfortunate. Uh, uh, that's... Tony, you did yours all right. So, Edwin, what you got? All right, let's see. First aid. Persuade. There we go. Arthur is going to just intimidate by the look of his eye. That's all. <laughs> Persuade goes up by four. Okay. Next up. Oh, God. Man. Uh, and the last one. That's worst. Okay. Uh, that was it. All right. Well, there's plenty of times to do it, so we'll have less opportunities for the future. Don't worry. Well done, everybody. We are 9-11. Estimated arrival in Australia, October 18th. The way that nice. things will run from now on, um, more or less, is that we will not run every day. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, everything will be broken up into about a week. So we'll st we'll basically plan for what we're going to do, what your character's going to do for that week. And we'll run that week as much in a single session as we can. Sometimes Thank you for work, listening to Beyond the will. Mountains of Madness. And we'll break it down by credit if you credits look at the watches. Much and the love and line. thanks to Chaosium for the fulfilling system. Um, there's only system, three watches that story. are relevant to most thanks to my people, hilarious and talented players who try this watch, story every the afternoon week. watch and the evening thanks watch. Thanks to Epidemic Sound so and Sirenscape uh, for providing a particular day. Beautiful soundscapes I'll ask people what they're going to be doing for the forenoon, what they're doing for the afternoon, what they're doing for the evening. Do you feel the call to adventure? It's Join us every Friday for this podcast classes or mom.beyond on Instagram. You'll have the chance to work this on hobbies, tear your heart out. to right. work on your own you personal occupational right. research, to look out some, for some social opportunities, whatever, whatever suits your character.